return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. My, I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. i got to tell a quick story. Uh, two weeks ago when Pastor Dave and Jeannie were... Um, stranded in, in Sioux Falls because of the weather, my son Ryan, who's five, he uh, he always loves to hold up his Bible and say that with everybody, And but he, he couldn't find his Bible that morning, and so I said it, and he was really mad that he didn't get to say it with, with everybody, and so then, if, I don't know if some of you saw it, but halfway through the service, he came up and he sat right here, and he sat really quiet, and he looked fine. Right after service, just burst out in tears because he didn't get to say, this is my Bible with his Bible. And so today I made sure that he was in the back. We made sure he had his Bible with him today, and uh, he enjoyed that. So, amen. <laughs> All right, this morning I'm going to be talking about standing on the rock. Amen. And it's important to be able to stand solid as the day approaches. Amen. As as Jesus' return comes even sooner and sooner and closer and closer, we want to be able to stand on solid ground. We want to stand on the word. Amen? Because what does the Bible say? That tongues will, will cease, prophecies will cease, everything will cease, but the word of God will not cease. The word of God will not fail. Amen? So if we're standing on something that's infallible and immovable, that means we're not going to be moved by the circumstances of this life. We're not going to be moved by what we see. We're not going to be moved by what's going on in our life. Amen. But we're going to be only moved by the Word of God. I love in, in Acts when, when Paul and, and some of the apostles are looking to go and minister and, and go missionary some different places, and it says they tried to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them, wouldn't permit them. The only way they were moved was by the Holy Spirit. The only way they were moved was by the Word. Amen. If the Word, if God didn't say go, they didn't go. Amen. And so then finally, Paul had a dream about the guy from Macedonia, and they said, come help me. And they knew that God was saying, okay, I want you to go to Macedonia. Okay, so in our lives, we only want to be moved by the word. Amen. Amen. We don't want to be moved and tossed around by storms that may come, right? we moved by the word. Ephesians 6.13, and the Amplified says, Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you'll be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And I love that. Able to successfully resist. Amen? Sometimes, sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm just, I've just been resisting the devil. I've been resisting all these things, but he's still attacking me. He's still coming at me. He's overtaking me. 
Well, no, if we put on the complete armor of God, we can successfully resist and stand our ground. And having done everything that the crisis demands, to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. So when we put on the armor of God, it allows us to stand. You know that Roman soldiers used to have uh, spikes in their, in their sandals, in their, in their shoes, so that, and I think somebody's taught on that, maybe Deb or somebody, um, in, but spikes in their shoes so that, maybe the Pastor Jeannie actually, too, but where they, if, if the opposition was coming against them, that they wouldn't have to lose any ground, right? So they would be able to stand firm so they could fight the battle. And when we would put on our armor, amen, and our shoes, it says, are the, the preparation of the gospel of peace. So what does that mean? We're standing on the gospel, amen? We're standing on the gospel that brings peace. So we stand firm in our, in our place, and we, became, we be, become fully prepared for any attack against the enemy. Anything that tries to dismount us, anything that tries to move us, we can be fully prepared, immovable, and we are and will be victorious. Amen? Amen. But nobody's going to stand firm for us, right? I can't ask Angeline to stand in my place when storms of my life come. No, I stand firm. I put on the armor. I have to do the work, right? And, yeah, we don't... The Bible says, you know, we don't go to heaven with works, but what I'm saying is that when the storm comes, if I just lay back and I'm not trusting in the Lord, then that storm's going to beat me down. That storm's going to batter me to the point where I don't want to get up. But if I'm standing on the Bible, if I'm standing on the Word of God and His promises and what He says in His Word, that He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing, blessing amen, then I can stand and I don't have to be moved by what happens in my life. I don't have to be moved by the circumstances that I'm facing. Amen. God doesn't put on my armor. Armor is available to me. God doesn't put it on. Same thing with salvation. It's like salvation. Yeah, the, the salvation, the grace is available for us, but God doesn't just force it on us. Amen. Think of when, when David was going to fight Goliath and, and Saul um, um, tried to force his armor on David. And that didn't work. It had to be something that David was comfortable with. It had to be his own, what he thought and what the Lord was telling him, how am I going to defeat Goliath? So nobody else, God's not going to force armor on us. Amen. And the armor that we put on is custom made. It's custom made to fit comfortably. Amen. So I know some of us are at different spots with our armor. Maybe, maybe you're really wanting more peace, and so you're, you're studying the scriptures on how can I have more peace and asking the Lord for more peace. Well, when you do that, that, that piece of armor, your shoes build up, yeah. right? right? Righteousness. Maybe you feel like you're not righteous at all. Maybe you feel like that, the Lord, that you're the last thing on the Lord's mind. Well, the more we read in the Bible that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, then our breastplate, amen, pumps up, right? It, it gets better. It levels up. Amen? So we want to continue to be in the Word so that the armor that we put on fits even more comfortably. So we can walk in, in the fullness of this armor and be able to come against any attack from the enemy, any fiery darts that he tries to throw at us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. It's each of our jobs to put on the whole armor every day. Every day we have to put on the armor. Just like 
you know, we, we don't want to take it off at, at night, but just like a soldier after the battle, you know, hangs up his armor, polishes it, hangs it up, puts it somewhere where he can, he or she can, can get to it right away and get it quickly. Same thing. That's why we read the word, because if there's an attack that comes on our peace or on our patience or on our finances, then what, is the, what does Jesus want us to do? Oh, well, in the Philippians it says that God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. That's how we attack the enemy, right? That's our counterattack, is using scripture. It's using the words that God has given us. Let's go to Jude 20. But you, beloved, build yourself up. Build yourselves up, amen? We build ourselves up. We build ourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress, rise like an um, edifice higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life. So we build ourselves up on the foundation of our most holy faith. You know, we can have a faith, we can have our faith in a lot of things. What, and whatever we have our faith in is our foundation, right? That's, if you, whatever you trust in, that's going to be part of your foundation. <clears throat> One of the first things that you have to do before you can build a house is pour a foundation, right? There has to be a stable, a good foundation before you start um, building a house, as Christians, we're just build ourselves up on Jesus. He is our foundation. He is the foundation of our most holy faith. Because our faith should be in Him and in His words. Amen? So, if we build our foundation, if we build ourselves up on Jesus, who is our foundation, um, we're going to succeed. Amen. We're not going to be moved. If we don't build our foundation on Jesus, our life is going to crumble. And I, I'm not going to ask any show of hands, but... but I know that, that sometimes, you know, if, if somebody, if, if we don't, don't read for an extended period of time, if we don't get in the Word, if we don't spend time with the Lord, it kind of feels like I get anxious or I get angry or, you know, my life just feels like it's starting to crumble. But when I stand on the Word of God, when I stand on His words, and every day I'm in His Word, every day I'm, I'm getting revelations of things that He's saying to me, then when something comes along that tests my patience or tests my peace, I'm more willing and able to deal with that thing through the scriptures. Amen. Through the word of God. Hallelujah. Luke 20, 17. <clears throat> says, then he looked at him and said, what then is this written? The stone which builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So Jesus is the chief cornerstone in our life. He's the most important rock in our life. He's the most important foundation that we can have in our life. In the natural, the cornerstone or the foundation stone is the first stone set in construction of a masonry foundation. The importance of the cornerstone is that all of their stones are set in reference to this stone. And the cornerstone determines the position of the entire structure. And how true is that when it comes to the Word of God? Wherever we position God in our life, um, it, it determines our direction. It, ter- it determines our orientation, right? wherever we're facing. Now, if we put the Lord as far as being able to stand and, and at the center of our life, amen, then our, our direction is going to be going towards Him, towards His goodness, towards the love of Jesus. But if we put all these other things underneath as our foundation, whatever it is, 
then what is our life going to reflect? Our life is going to reflect our foundation. The house that's built reflects the foundation that it's on. If it's a good foundation, it's a secure house. If it's a poor foundation, it might, be, it might look good for a little bit, but year by year, as, as storms come, as snow and ice come and ice expands and different things, well, that foundation is going to crack, right? So if we put our foundation, if we put our trust on anything but Jesus, then, yeah, maybe for a little bit it feels like, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I don't need him. I can do this on my own. But little by little, there's, there's cracks in our foundation. I mean, there's things that come into our life that, we, that we're blindsided by because we weren't in the Word. Simon Peter had this revelation in Matthew 16, 15. <clears throat> And Jesus said to him, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, uh, my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so he says... You are Peter, and on this rock, I believe it's on this revelation that I'm Jesus Christ. On, on this rock, this foundation that trust in me and only me, as far as Jesus goes, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? One thing about gates, and I think Pastor Dave shared this before, others probably too, but gates aren't offensive. <laughs> They're not an offensive weapon, Right? So we see that, and we see that, oh, we don't want the gates of Hades to attack me. Well, no, what is that saying? It's saying that when we are filled of the Holy Spirit, we're full of the Holy Ghost, amen, then we're going to be on the offensive. We're going to be going to his territory. We're going to be bringing people back that might be in darkness, bringing them back into the light, amen, bringing them back into the kingdom, and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against us moving forward into the kingdom of darkness, pulling people back into the kingdom of light. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil should be afraid of us. When we're, when we're standing on the rock, when we're standing on a firm foundation, there's nothing he can do. Amen. Gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When we, when we speak the word with authority... Amen. It's like when the, the priest tried to cast out demons and he said, I cast you out by the name, by, in Jesus' name by whom Paul preaches. Amen. And, and what did the demon say? He said, well, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? They didn't have a relationship. They didn't have a foundation. They didn't have any authority to use that name. But we have authority. As Christians, we have authority to use the name of Jesus. Amen. So if we're in that situation, they couldn't say that. They say, oh, I know that name, and I know that person. I know that person builds his foundation, her foundation on the rock. So we have to leave. <laughs> they have no choice, amen? amen? Jesus says that he's the rock the church will be built on. Jesus, in, in fact, is the foundation of the Christian church. You know, some people think Peter was the foundation, but Jesus is the foundation of the Christian church. Amen. I talked uh, a couple Wednesdays ago about uh, religion versus relationship, and just how uh, you have all these traditions in religion, but when you look at relationship and you look at Christianity, 
a lot of the things in history that Christians are that Christianity and, and um, God is blamed for some of the terrible things done in the name of Christianity isn't Christianity at all. Amen. Our Christianity is being a Christian is literally being little Christs. Amen. We emulate, we imitate Jesus so much that we just look like him. Amen. Amen. That's what that's what being a Christian is. And if, if that's what being a Christian is, and, and Jesus showed compassion and Jesus showed love, then we want to act like a Christian. We want to act in love. We want to act in faith. We want to act in compassion. Amen. Amen. Love is a choice. You know, we choose to love people. We choose to imitate Jesus. Just because we've said the prayer and just because we might believe it doesn't mean that we always act like a Christian, right? So we want to every day, that's how we, we put on our armor, we put on our righteousness, our peace, and then we put on our salvation. We go out and we act like Christians, we act like Jesus did. Amen. Matthew seven twenty four says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. All these scriptures point to a need to build a good foundation. I mean, every scripture we read, to build a good foundation on the right foundation, on the right rock. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a process, though. You know, how many know if I, if I contract somebody to build my house, I'm not going to have it tomorrow. The foundation probably won't be poured tomorrow. Right? It takes time. It takes daily getting in the Word. Give us our daily daily bread. Daily having a relationship with Him. Amen. Daily spending time with Him. That's how we cultivate and that's how we, that's how we get this foundation ready for us to build on. Amen. Hallelujah. We, build, we are building ourselves up continually. So as we build ourselves up, we build ourselves on the Word of God. Pastor Davis talked before about not building on a stream, but building on the river. You know, the church, that was what the scripture the Lord gave him, was, was um, built, just building on the river. And what is that? The river is the gospel. The river is the good news of Jesus. A stream might be prophecy, or faith, or healings, or um, tongues. You know, that's a stream, and those are good things. Those are streams that we want, amen? But we don't want to build on that stream. What I mean is we don't just want to major in one area. I don't want to just major in prophecy. I don't want to just major in healing. I don't want to just major in um, prosperity or financial blessing. But we want to major on the gospel. We want to major, what is the root of all of that? Everything that comes out of the river, the root of that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is the good news that Jesus has for all people. Because that's what we've been first and foremost called to do. Amen, is to teach and preach the gospel to every creature. It's easy to focus on a stream sometimes. Sometimes that allows us to take scripture out of context. It allows people to get into some strange doctrine. You know, there's, there's many ministers that, you know, I knew through my dad or um, just, you know, people that were well-known um, in, the, in the United States that, you know, they were solid, they had a firm foundation, and then maybe they got off on something that wasn't very good. And I think part of that is not getting in the Word. You know, I don't know them, but part of it is, you know, what happens with us, not getting in the Word. What do we do? We kind of can stray a little bit. But part of it is building on a stream. Maybe they had 
they had, um, their message was only this every single day. And that's all they studied was this stream. And it's easy then to take scriptures out of context. It's easy that you want, you're saying, okay, so this is my stream, so I'm going to make this scripture fit into my belief of this thing. But really, the Bible is interconnected. Everything in the Word, if you look and you, you can cross-reference and you can do different things, it's all interconnected. So if there's something that we don't understand, we don't want to change it to fit our theology. We don't want to change it to fit our message. No, we want to change our thinking to say, okay, this doesn't make sense to me. It looks like there's a contradiction here, but I know that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. So, Lord, can you give me some revelation on this? Amen. That's how we build on the river. That's how we build a good foundation, asking the Lord to reveal things to us uh, that we don't know already. Amen. Like I said, those topics aren't bad topics, but we want to realize that all those things flow into the river of the gospel. And that's why I'm so thankful, you know, too, for the speakers that we have at the church. Because, you know, it's not just Pastor Dave up here every day, every, every service, you know, giving his message. And he, you know, builds on the river. But we have a ton of people that build on the river here. That give good word every single service. Amen. And so what does it do? It, it, helps, it helps us think about things in different ways. And it helps us say, wow, I've never seen that before. Maybe I should go into the scripture. Maybe I should look at that and, uh, and try to get some revelation on that. Amen. And God will give you revelation. Amen. When we take the whole gospel of Jesus Christ and drink from the river, we find strength to stand solid in the midst of any adversity. Amen. What did Jesus say to the woman at the well? He said, he said, well, you have this, this temporary water, but I have water that you'll never thirst again. I have some living water that you're never going to thirst again. Amen. This, this life-affirming, life-giving gospel that he has for us. Elijah is a great example of, of just, you know, sometimes what we don't want to do um, when we go through adversity. And after the Lord just consumed the sacrifice in the presence of the priests of Baal, and they executed all, and, and God ex- were executed, all of them. First Kings 19.2 says, Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of, the, of them by tomorrow about this time. So you've got to think, this is probably just within a day or two, of maybe even the same day of of Elijah, you know, calling down fire and consuming the sacrifice and consuming all the prophets. I mean, you talk about a spiritual high, you know, something that the Lord just worked miraculously through you. And then there's this one word that's not of God. Jezebel gives one sentence. And it says, when he saw that he arose and ran for his life. (laughs) Ran for his life, went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. He didn't want to live anymore. He said, Take my life. I'd rather rather you take my life than Jezebel take my life. Right? Hmm. Amen. I think... uh... Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. 
And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. You know, Jesus can, the Lord can sustain you for however long you need to be sustained. Amen. There was a story of a, a Christian, I can't remember which country it was. I heard it a long time ago, but uh, he, got, he got captured, he got in prison. No food for 28 days. And uh, he didn't eat it. The Lord sustained him for 28 days. And his countenance didn't fall. He didn't get too skinny. He didn't lose nutrients. He just kept praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues the whole time. And the Lord sustained him. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. The Lord sustained them. They didn't eat any of the, of the, the things sacrificed to the, God, to the gods. Right? What did the Lord do? He sustained them for being obedient. Amen? Where am I? And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel had forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. So we see where Elijah is at this point right now. We see that he doesn't have any hope, right? He doesn't, there's, there's no hope for Elijah right now. And we see, though, through the whole thing, that the Lord sends an angel to minister him, to feed him, and to sustain him for, for as long as he needed to. Without that encounter, Elijah probably would have died in the wilderness, right? Sometimes I feel like unless the Lord shows up in my life, there's no hope for me, right? Unless the Lord can show up, you know, then I just might as well, there's nothing I can do. And that is so true because we, our, our, our aim is to rely on Jesus so much that every day without him, it's like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this on my own, amen? He's like, he is, he is the bread of life. Amen. He is the breath of life. It says that he is living water. Amen. He gives living water. All three of those things are needed to survive. Breath, food, and water. And he's all three of those things to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Satan's going to put thoughts in our heads that you're not going to make it. You should just give up. You should just die here. He's going to give those thoughts. Allow the Holy Spirit to sustain you. Amen. Look to Jesus. Allow him to sustain you. Elijah had no one to encourage him. Think of that. There was nobody that was around him. He left his servant um, behind and he went. He had nobody to encourage him. What did he have to do? After this meeting with the Lord, he had to encourage himself. Amen. David, in the cave, he had to encourage himself. Amen. Nobody else could, could encourage him. In fact, everybody else wanted to stone him, David. He had to encourage himself, amen? He thought he was the, Elijah, he thought he was the only one left who feared God, even though God had reserved 7,000 others that hadn't bowed their knee to Baal, amen? He had to shake it off. He had to spend some time with the Lord. He had to build himself back up. How many have had to build yourself back up, Amen? Or you just feel like, you know, maybe the week's just been, you know, crazy. Maybe the week's just hasn't been fun, hasn't been good, and you feel down. What do we do? We build ourselves up back on the Word, amen? There's times where, I mean, 
you know, our lives are so, um, I should say, our emotions are so fickle because I can, sometimes in the morning I'm feeling great and by like early afternoon I'm like, I'm down and I'm, you know, feeling sorry for myself or whatever. It's like, no, gotta stay on the word, gotta stay built up. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus was another one. He constantly built himself up by himself. Multiple times he had to withdraw withdraw from the crowd to go and pray, to go and get direction, to go and get something from from his father. Amen. He didn't take it. A lot of times he didn't take his disciples. He just went by himself, built himself back up. I'll tell you what, ministry in our life takes a lot out of us. The Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good, which means that it's easy to grow weary, it's easy to grow weary sometimes. Amen. When we're ministering, when we're, when we're being like Jesus, and when we're, when we're um, witnessing to somebody, that can all take a lot out of us. So don't go weary in doing, don't, don't be weary in doing what God wants us to do. Stay built up on the word. Amen. We want to stand strong on the word. We want to be at a point where we have to continually fill ourselves back up. We need to stay built up. Another thing is to encourage others. If we're going to encourage others, we have to stay built up ourselves, right? We can't give out what we don't have. So if I don't have any peace, well, then it's going to be tough for me to go and say, oh, you just have to have peace. Amen. Amen. Or, or, Or give peace to them. I can't give peace to somebody if I don't have peace myself. I can't show patience to somebody if I don't have any patience myself, right? It's like, it's like anybody that has children here, they're, they're watching us. I mean, they watch our actions. They watch what we do. And we're not perfect, but, you know, whenever you do something that's good as a parent and you, and you say, oh, man, I really did well in that, in that situation, give yourself a pat on the back. Thank the Lord for, for that because every time that, that we act like Jesus acts towards our children is a win. Amen? Amen. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged as a parent. This is kind of off the trail, but don't be discouraged as a parent. Amen. Parents make mistakes. We're not perfect. Only one perfect parent was God, and his, parent, his children still screwed up. Right? So all we can do is what we can do. Amen? God is on your side. The Holy Spirit is the, is the best parent. So when we rely on the Holy Spirit, He will help us to teach and help us to parent our children how we need to, how we need to do that. Amen. Second Corinthians one three <clears throat> says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God." So as we build up on the comfort. As God comforts us and we stay built up on his word, then we can go out, and anybody that's in any trouble, that's going through anything, we can go out and we can comfort them. Amen? If, if things have tested our patient, patience, but we're standing on the word and, and we build our patience up to a, I mean, you know, just continue to get revelation of, of what the word says about patience, then what can we do? Then we can teach patience to others. Amen? If I'm not patient, I'm not going to be able to teach patience to my kids. If I'm not walking in peace, I'm not going to be able to teach peace to my kids. Right? So it's a daily thing. Every day, we, we just try to get better the next day. Yesterday, if I screwed up, you know, and there were some things I didn't handle, handle correctly, 
you know what I can do? I can go to bed and I can wake up and it's a new day today. Amen. It's a new day. Every day we can choose whether to live for the Lord. We can choose whether to have patience or peace or whatever it is. You know, be gentle and kind to somebody. Or we can choose not to. I love how the Lord did that. Broke it up into days, into small pieces, so that we don't have to feel like complete failures all the time. (laughs) Amen? If I failed yesterday, I have a chance to redeem myself today. Amen? If If I failed my children yesterday, I can say I'm sorry. And I can do better today. That's all, we, that's all God's called us to do, right? Just do better than the day before. Amen. To, to preach the gospel, but in our own lives, just, just be a little bit more like him every day. Right? If we don't have comfort, peace, or patience, like I said, it's hard for us to help others in those areas. They say when a plane is losing altitude, that passengers should put the breathing apparatus on themselves first. You know, sometimes it's... it's you know, the way our thinking goes is, if that happened, my first thought would be to my kids. Like, put it on them first. But the reason that they say that we should put it on ourselves first is because you can't help other passengers if you're passed out. Right? So if I put it on myself first, then I can, I can in a right mind, in clear thinking, I can put it on my kids or whatever. Right? Or put it on somebody else that maybe has a hard time doing it or somebody that's already... Um, you know, feeling woozy or whatever. It's the same thing in the spirit, right? We need to take care of ourselves. That's one thing that we do need to do first. You know, Jesus, when he was praying, you know, uh, before his crucifixion, he prayed for himself first. He prayed for the, for the Lord to strengthen him and that, you know, um, that he was one with him. He, he prayed for himself first and then he prayed for his disciples. Then he prayed for all believers. So we want to build ourselves up. Spiritually, we can't help others if we ourselves are down or if we're depressed. I mean, we can. It's, it's just hard if we're depressed, if we don't have peace, we don't have patience. Amen. So we want to build ourselves up so we can really go out and we can make a difference in somebody's life through Jesus Christ. How we gain comfort, peace, patience, and everything else is by the different revelations that we get through the Word. I mean, through the Holy Spirit. And... You can just be reading your daily, your daily reading, you know, um, every day. And, and if you write something down, if, you, if you're really paying attention to what you're reading, the Lord will give you something that you haven't seen before. Amen? Like, if, we, if, I, read, if I read the Bible with the, with, the, with the attitude of, well, I've already read this, um, I'm just going to, I'll skim through it, or um, I'll just kind of read it, but my mind's somewhere else, I'm not going to get much out of that reading. I'm not going to get much out of that time spending with the Lord. Amen. He wants our focus on Him. Right? But, but if I read it with, all right, Lord, what do you have for me today? What can I learn from this time of reading today? He's going to give you something. He's going to give you something that you can use that day. Amen? Hallelujah. So He gives us Revelation, 1 Corinthians 2.9. But it is written, I has not seen nor ear has heard, nor have entered in the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. So all these things that, that weren't known, God reveals those to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. If you want a deep relationship with the Lord, if you want your relationship to go deeper, just allow the Holy Spirit to help you read the Bible. Amen. 
before you read, just say, Holy Spirit, I might not understand everything, but I thank you that you search the deep things of God. Therefore, I can have a deep relationship with the Lord. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, right? Hallelujah. And it's true that iron sharpens iron, so does a friend sharpen the countenance of another friend. But we can also sharpen ourselves through the word. Amen. We're also called to do that. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. It pierces through us. Amen. So the best place to get sharpened is the word of God. Yeah, we have friends, we have people that sharpen us and build us up. But there's some times where that's not something that's going to happen, right? There's times where we just need to build ourselves up. We need to sharpen ourselves with this two-edged sword called the Word. I'm going to go back to Jude real quick, because I think there's a lot of truths, good truth about building ourselves up. So verse 20 says, But you, beloved, build yourself up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually prog- progress, rise in Arise like an edifice, higher and higher, and then pray in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to touch on this because I think it's important. And I think it's something that, um, you know, doesn't get taught on a lot as far as praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. But it is scriptural. Amen. There's a lot of uh, places in the Bible where it talks about, you know, praying in other tongues, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord. Now, what are those spiritual songs? Well, they're songs that we don't know what we're saying, right? We're singing to the Lord in other tongues. And uh, so we can stay solid and built up continually by praying in the Holy Spirit. And if anybody doesn't, doesn't have the gift of praying in tongues, it is for everybody. Amen. I've heard teachings where it's like, well, no, it's just for a select few because it's just a gift that God gives to some and not to others. Well, maybe like a gift of... In- Tongues and interpretation, the Bible talks about how some gifts are given, you know, some, a gift of healing or a gift of tongue and interpretation. Yeah, maybe that's true, but also the Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit moves where it wants to move. So in your life, if, if you've never given a tongue and interpretation and the Holy Spirit moves on you to do that, then you can do that. But I'm talking about praying in the Spirit for the edification of ourselves, just in our, in our private and our personal prayer life. That's for everybody. Amen. He wants all of us to, to be able to do that. Uh, Paul said, um, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. I mean, so what was he saying? Well, he was saying all of them did speak in tongues. He just spoke in tongues more. So it's for everybody. Everybody in the upper room, all 120 of them, began to speak in other tongues. Amen. The Bible says that though tongues will cease, right? Um, you know, and, and so people like to say, well... That tongue ceased, tongue ceased back with the, the, the saints, back with the, the um, New, Testament, New Testament saints. Well, it also says knowledge will cease, right, in that scripture in Corinthians. So, if knowledge hasn't ceased, I mean, I think we're all knowledgeable about things. We know things, right? Amen. Well, then, that right there nullifies the, the idea that tongues has already ceased, Right? There will be a day when Jesus comes back that, yeah, we won't have to speak in tongues. We won't have to have our own knowledge about things. Because everything will come from the Holy Spirit. We'll be able to communicate perfectly. Amen with Him. We'll be able to know all things. Amen. But for right now, we can edify ourselves. We can stay built up by praying in the Holy Spirit. We speak in other tongues. One of the benefits of speaking in other tongues is we talk to God. 
1 Corinthians 4.2 For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. I like to pray in tongues if there's something that, um, if I'm trying to make a decision and I don't really know what to pray for with that decision, I'll just start praying in the Spirit because I know that the Holy Spirit will guide, will guide me. You know? He doesn't, His words are coming through, but I'm the one that's speaking it, right? So when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, it's like, okay, Lord, I don't really know exactly what to pray for in this situation, but you know what to pray for. Amen. Our heavenly language is a perfect prayer to the Lord. Because it says the Holy Spirit guides the prayer. Amen. It says that, in fact, there's another scripture, I can't remember which one it was, I think it was in Corinthians as well, just about how um, when we speak in the Holy Spirit, it's not us speaking, but it's the Spirit speaking through us. Amen. So we have to actually do it, we have to physically open our mouth to do it. But the Holy Spirit speaks through us when we speak in the Spirit, when we speak in tongues. Amen. So that's why it's called, um, you know, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit speaks through us. But when we speak to God, we can speak the perfect prayer to Him. Amen. We can ask for the perfect thing in a situation that we don't know about, and He will hear that. Amen. He will respond to that. Amen. The second thing, another thing that it does is when we speak in tongues, we, um, when we just, again, don't know what else to pray. I kind of already talked through this, but Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So again, even if we don't know what we should pray, the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Another thing, we speak in tongues to edify ourselves. And that's what I was talking about earlier. And this is kind of what I'm talking about in this message. We edify ourselves. 1 Corinthians 14.3 It says, But he who prophesies speak, speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So when we prophesy over somebody's life, um, we're, we're bringing comfort to them. right? If it's, if it's a godly prophecy over somebody, then we're bringing comfort. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Right, so if we speak in a tongue to our, you know, in our daily time with the Lord, we build ourselves up, we edify ourselves. I mean, we, we, we tell our, we're telling ourselves, the Holy Spirit is saying, you can do it. He's giving you strength, he's sustaining you for whatever else comes your way. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So it's scriptural to edify yourselves by speaking in tongues. And, you know, after service, if, if somebody's here that um, is saved but has never moved in that gift of speaking in tongues, I encourage you to come, come and talk to me. Come and talk to, to somebody that you've seen do it or know that, know that speaks in tongues. Because it is an important thing. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, he got saved, but his, his ministry and his revelation never really took off until he got filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I know this isn't my message today, but it's, a, it's such an important message. And it's a message that's getting further and further away from the church. You know, it's a message that should be getting more and more involved in the church Amen. as the day approaches. I mean, because there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of times where we don't know what to do. You know, as things start to get worse in the world, there's going to be times where it's like, oh, what do I do in this situation? This is, you know, this, you know, there might be things that might be tough. Decisions that we make that have to be tough. Uh, I, this isn't, wow, I only got nine minutes left. This, um, 
so another story real quick. There was a, a pastor. I, again, I can't remember this, the, the country, but um, they were going to bury him and his family alive. And so they said, we're going to bury you alive unless you um, renounce Jesus. You know, and, and his kids, he had two or three kids. And they're, of course, pleading with him, Dad, we don't want to die, we don't want to die. And he looks over at his wife and, and uh, she says, just think, tonight we'll be feasting with the Most High. And I thought, whoa, that's a decision, that's, that's a tough decision. But what did they do? They started singing praises to the Lord. They started speaking in tongues. Amen. And so when we do that, we can edify ourselves. We can build ourselves up. We can have confidence to stand up for what's right. We can have confidence to stand up for Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that we are not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. There's power for them to believe unto salvation. Amen. So we don't want to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so speaking in tongues, a guy named Dr. Carl Peterson conducted a study on praying in the Holy Spirit. And some of you have heard this study. Um, but it said, when we speak in tongues, our heavenly language, the brain releases two chemicals into our immune system, which promotes healing in our bodies. The study also shows it reduces stress and is significantly associated with positive mood and calmness. How many want a positive mood and calmness? Amen. All the time. Pray in the Spirit. Amen. Another study took a thousand clergy members of a British evangelical group. The 80% of them who spoke in tongues had greater emotional stability and less neuroticism. So the praying in the Spirit doesn't just have spiritual benefits, but it has physical advantages, it has spiritual, uh, physical benefits. Same thing with reading the Bible. Um, Proverbs says that, that uh, his words are life to those who find them and health to all their, fle- all their flesh. Amen. So when we put those two in tandem, not only are we spiritually growing, and getting stronger, but we're physically we're getting stronger. Physically we're building up our immune systems. Amen? It's easy and scriptural to edify yourself and build yourself up by speaking in tongues. And that's just real quick. The key word is scriptural. Amen? It is scriptural to pray in the Spirit. It is scriptural to pray in tongues. Amen? And then the other thing in, in Jude 21. Amen? I think, uh, I think I'll close with this probably and keep yourselves in the love of God waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ which will bring you eternal life as Christians we're told to be humble and to be gracious and to live peaceably amen so it says we keep ourselves in the love of God Matthew 5:38 says you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but I tell you not to resist an evil person but whoever slaps you on the right cheek turn the other to him also I watched, I don't know if anybody's heard this movie, The, the Buttercream Gang. That's an old movie. Anybody heard that? Yeah? Um, one of the quotes in there, um, he says, um, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And I liked that because what Jesus has called us to do now is when somebody's harsh to us or somebody says things against us, you know, what is the, what is the, the human nature response? Well, I'm just going to be harsh to them. They don't, they don't respect me, so I'm not going to respect them. Right? I'm not saying that we let people walk all over us. That's not what love is. Right? But it does say we want to love people and stay in love towards people who are mean to us, who talk about us behind our back. 
Amen. We want to forgive. We don't want to become bitter. We don't want offenses to come that makes it almost impossible to love somebody. So no matter what somebody does to you in your life, I know it's easy to say, harder to do, but the more we say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to forgive them, and I'm going to move on, I'm going to continue to show your love to them, what does that do? It's, it, breaks, it breaks any bitterness that comes in our life. Offenses, are like, offenses in our life are like a wave crashing into a dock. The dock is fine for a little bit, right? Um, but if maintenance, maintenance isn't done, it's not going to last long, right? If we don't check our heart and forgive when offenses come, we start to become bitter. We start to build up walls. Amen. And we're unable to just continue to build ourselves up. Because one of the things that, you know, in the Bible when, when um, you know, if there was a sickness or, or um, you know, a disease, you know, sometimes what happens is we have unforgiveness in our heart towards somebody or, you know, a group of people or whatever. And there's unforgiveness that builds up that, that really just doesn't allow us to receive what God has for us. Why? Because we've built, up, we've built up this wall between, between us and God that, well, Lord, I'm, I'm going to do everything. We're, we're like the rich young ruler. I've done all these things. I haven't committed murder. I've honored my father and mother. I've done all these things. We get, we get this wall in between us and God. And, he's, and God said, or Jesus said, well, sell all your possessions and follow me. And he didn't want to do that. Right? He had all this pride. He had all this you know, built up in him. It's the same thing with bitterness. When we have all this bitterness built up in our life, it's hard for us to walk with the Lord because all we're thinking about is, I don't like this person, and this person said this about me, and I'm offended at that person. But when, but when we check our heart and we forgive when offenses come, we can build ourselves up in the face of adversity. It makes us feel better. You know, um, uh, you know being offended and, and just holding bitterness is like, um, you know, a, uh, swallowing a poison pill and expecting them, the other person to die, right? It's like us swallowing the pill and, and expecting them. It only, it only hurts us. You know, sometimes there's imaginary offenses where they don't even know that you're mad at them, right? Yeah, that happens. Hallelujah. Think of Joseph. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. I mean... 17 years old, and he, you know, and one of the youngest, and uh, his brothers sold him, right? Sold him. He could have had a fence in his heart. He could have had bitterness. Now, what did he do? He stood on the word, on the dreams that God had given him before that happened. What did he do? Every time he was put in a bad place, you know, so he gets he gets sold. He gets sold to Potiphar becomes a slave, what does he do? He continues to trust in the Lord and becomes the highest slave in that position. Everything was under his direction um, except for Potiphar's wife, right? He gave everything to him. What happens? Potiphar's wife, you know, falsely says that he tried to be with her and he gets thrown into the deepest dungeon. What does he do? Continues to build himself up. He doesn't hold that offense. He continues to look towards Jesus. And what does, what does the Lord do? He blesses him by continuing to keep him rising in the ranks. Rising until he's, he's like the chief prisoner. <laughs> he's like the one that, that takes care of all the other uh, 
people in the jail, right? And then what happens? So then the butler and the baker come, and they say, they both have a dream, and he interprets both. And he says, now, butler, don't you forget me when, uh, when you get your places restored. What did the butler do? For two years, didn't say anything. Didn't say anything about Joseph. Again, bitter, bitterness could have rose, rose up in his heart. What did he do? He kept on clinging to the word that God had given him, that you will be um, a ruler over your brothers, over your father and your mother. And eventually he did, right? He didn't, he didn't get bitter. Even, even when he was toying with his brothers, when they came to, to Egypt during the famine, maybe he had a little bit of fun, but you could tell he wasn't bitter towards them in that story. What did he do? He, couldn't, he said he couldn't contain himself anymore, and he revealed himself to his brothers, and they all wept for a long time. <laughs> they all cried because they were so happy to see each other again. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there. Did you get anything out of this message this morning? Amen. We can build ourselves up. There will be times in life where we don't have anybody else to do it for us. Amen. Except for the Lord. Except for the Word. We can build ourselves up on our most holy, most holy faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't care what circumstance you're going through. I don't care um, what somebody's tried to do to bring you down. As long as we stay on the Word and we build our foundation up from the ground up on the Word, nothing can move you. Amen. Nothing can shake you. Amen. Because it, means, it says that we are standing on an immovable and an unshakable foundation. Right? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for today. We just thank you that you can be our foundation, that you are our foundation. We don't take it for granted. Hallelujah. We don't want to build our foundation on anything but you, Jesus. Wherever you tell us to go, we want to go. Whatever you reveal to us, Lord, we want to eat up. So, Father, I thank you that today, as, as we go and we go about our afternoon, Lord, that we can stay built up, that we can stay encouraged by your, by your word, by revelations that you've given us in the past, Lord, by prophecies that have been prophesied us over in the past, Father. We thank you that even today we can get those out and we can reread those and we can be encouraged by those things. We can build ourselves up on our most holy faith, Lord. So I just thank you for everybody today. I pray a blessing on everybody today as they go about their day. Lord, we thank you for a great service we're going to have tonight. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.